Come on. Hello, dear listener. Before we get into today's show, quick ask. If you find value in today's show or you've gotten value out of a previous show, please leave us a quick five-star review. Be super grateful. Thanks a lot. Welcome to Money Savage, a savage approach to personal finance. This is George Grumbacher, and the time is right. Welcome today's guest, strong and powerful Michelle Sadler Tucker. Michelle, are you ready to do this? Absolutely, George. Excellent. Let's, <laughs> let's let, go. Let, let, let's, let's do this. Michelle is the founder and CEO of Siler Tucker. She holds the Merger and Acquisition Master Intermediary Certification. She's a best-selling author, a speaker, TV, radio host. Excited to have you on. Michelle, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Sure. <laughs> so my personal life, um, I am married. been married for, gosh, 18, 19 years. I have a 10-year-old daughter who's the love of my life. And I've been in mergers and acquisitions and specializing in buying, selling, fixing, growing companies for about 20 years now. And I kind of stumbled into mergers and acquisitions. I've always been an entrepreneur. I've always owned many companies. Um, But I got into franchise sales, franchise consulting, franchise development, and then soon transitioned into selling companies. First, small companies, um, you know, coffee shops, restaurants, things of that nature, and then very quickly transitioned into selling businesses 10 million and up. Uh, But then I learned very quickly, as Steve Forbes says, eight out of 10 businesses will not sell. So if I want to be successful and eat, I need to fix them first. (laughs) So that's why I got into fixing them. Um, So I buy businesses, flip them, also partner with business owners and and, um, take a percentage of the company. But I invest my money, energy, time, resources, and experience in which to do a build to sell program for them. Nice. That is that is very cool. So the new book is Exit Rich. The new book is Exit Rich, and um, I wrote my first book in 2013 called Sell Your Business for More Than It's Worth. And then I decided um, in 2019 to write Exit Rich because I noticed that the the business landscape was changing so much. It used to be that 85 to 95 percent of businesses would go out of business. And those were startups. So if you were a startup from one to five years, that was the most risky. And you you know, had an 85 to 95 per, per chance of going out of business. However, things have changed drastically since I wrote Exit Rich. Um, I did the same research and learned that only 30% of startups will go out of business. However, out of 27.6 million companies, 70% of business owners that have been in business 10 years or longer will go out of business. Hmm. 70%. So it flip-flopped. So now startups are not at great risk anymore, but the ones that have been in business over 10 years are at great risk. Then you hear, you know, about the the big companies all day long, the public companies like Kmart, Steinmart, Toys R Us, um, GNC is closing down a bunch of locations. Pier One went out of business. Dress Barn went out of business. But what you're not hearing about are all the small private businesses on every street corner in every town in every state across our great nation. And unfortunately, these businesses um, are dropping like flies and many owners are forced into selling for pennies on a dollar, closing their businesses, or even worse, having to file bankruptcy. And when you file bankruptcy, you typically not just lose your business assets, but you lose your personal assets too. So that's really what inspired me to write Exit Rich. 
um, because Exit Rich is more than just a sell your business book. It's a blueprint, and Steve Forbes has endorsed it, but it's a step-by-step blueprint on how to build a sustainable, scalable business so that when you're ready, it is sellable and you don't become one of the statistics. Well, I certainly appreciate that, and I imagine the statistics you were just talking about have gotten nothing but worse over 2020. That's absolutely true because those statistics were before COVID. And now, you know, they say a business um, is closing like every nine seconds. Mm. So it's much worse now. And and it's scary because there's 30.2 million businesses in the United States employing over half the U.S. workforce. Small business is, you know, the, the U.S. economy. I mean, it's our backbone. So if you lose small business, you lose jobs, you lose jobs, you lose spending power. And it's a trickle-down effect, so other businesses will close. Right. Yeah, I'm. I am pretty concerned about what the landscape's going to look like. You know, six six months from now, a year from now, two years from now. But we'll just have to wait and see. So. Yep. Now, so if 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 people are for for people who are listening who are business owners, is it is it ever too late to start making the changes that 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 your book talks about? No, it's never too late. Um, you know, you, everybody should pick up the book, Exit Rich, and read it because it's never too late to make these changes. Uh, if you don't make the changes, you probably end up well going out of business. So, you know, every business owner needs to pay attention and really build a business that is sellable. And that's the biggest mistake. I mean, that's why eight out of 10 businesses don't sell. It, it's because business owners never think about selling until they absolutely have to due to an internal or external catastrophic event occurring. So internal would be health issues, death, divorce, partner disputes, something like that, that pushes a business owner into having a sell. Same thing with external, which is COVID, hurricanes, fires. Um, and these events typically are the worst time to sell your business. If you're, if, if you're selling because of a catastrophic event, your business is probably trending downward. It's not doing as well as it once was. And buyers, most buyers don't want to buy a failing business. They want to buy a successful business. So the best time to sell is when your business is doing well. Which makes all the sense in the world. Um, I, I, I definitely want to talk about some of the key areas that, that you really encourage people to focus on. Sure. Uh, but before I forget, um, talking about just all these new startups, and I feel as though entrepreneurship is, is a lot more celebrated than it used to be these days. And in terms of that, a lot of business owners had not been accustomed to thinking about one day selling. And so therefore, when the when this event happens, it really puts it behind the eight ball. Do you see this new generation of business owners being more mindful of one day I'm, I'm actually starting this to sell it? I think a lot of the younger generation that are starting e-commerce businesses and SaaS businesses are definitely starting it with the end in mind. You know, they they have a desired end game, a desired sales price, and a desired time frame of when they want to exit because these young entrepreneurs want to go, go out and create many different masterpieces, not just one. Mm-hmm. So the older baby boomers that have been in business, you know, for, for decades – they're the ones who haven't really planned out their exit and haven't really thought about, well, what am I going to do next? And that's a big question when a business owner looks at selling their business is what happens after I sell my business? Because it's kind of like when all your kids leave the house. It's, it's like the empty nesters syndrome right. where you got to know what you're going to do next. Otherwise, sellers will sabotage a deal and never sell. 
Right. Yeah, that's a that's a big consideration. So what what are some of those those really key areas that that when you're engaging with a business um, that that you make sure to focus on? Yeah. So the first thing I the first thing I do is I like to work with entrepreneurs to help them plan what I call the ST GPS exit model and help them put together a plan. Because like I said, the biggest issue is that nobody thinks about it until they have to. So step one in a GPS exit model is determine your destination, determine your end game. You know, when you drive somewhere, George, you can't drive anywhere without putting a destination in your GPS, right? Sure. Same thing with selling a business. You need to, to know what that destination is. Uh, so if you say, look, I want to sell my business for $20 million, great. Now you know you want to sell your business for $20 million. That's, that's half the battle. Next is knowing what your business is worth today. Where are you starting from? What's your current location? What's your current valuation? And you need to know, you know, is my business worth $5 million today? So let's say you want to sell for $20 million. Your business is worth $5 million. And that, by the way, is like one of the biggest things business t- biggest tips I can tell business owners is to get an annual checkup. We get a checkup on our bodies, we get a checkup on our car, but we never get our business checked up on. You need an annual valuation checkup to see where you are. So start with the end game in mind, $20 million. Let's say you're worth $5 million. Let's say you decide you want to sell in seven years. Now you need to determine who's your buyers. Mm-hmm. So there's five different types of buyers. You can rule out two. You can rule out first-time buyers because they're not going to be able to afford a $20 million company. And you can rule out turnaround specialists because turnaround specialists buy distressed assets. So your buyer is either going to be a strategic slash competitor who really specializes in buying synergies because when they acquire companies, they want to make sure that they're acquiring synergies that are going to help them with their current um, businesses and you know help them um, catapult them to the next level. Then you also have um, sophisticated serial entrepreneurs. This could be a buyer because they are industry agnostic. They are EBITDA focused. EBITDA is earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, amortization. And the last type of buyer is a private equity group, a PEG. Private equity groups buy based on platforms and add-ons. If they want to consider a platform, your EBITDA needs to be at least $3 million. So let's say you're in manufacturing and food manufacturing, they've never been in food manufacturing. So you need at least $3 million in EBITDA for them to even consider you. And then let's say they want to buy an add-on. If they're already in the frozen food business, they'll look at other frozen food companies lower than a million in EBITDA. So once you know who your buyers are, if it's going to be a competitor slash strategic, a sophisticated serial entrepreneur, or if it's going to be a private equity group, now you need to know what is their buying criteria? What do I have to build to suit to meet their buyer's specific needs? So where does the gross revenues have to be? Where does the gross profit margin have to be? Where does the EBITDA have to be? I just told you where the EBITDA needs to be for private equity groups. And then what characteristics do they look for in a business to pay $20 million? And this is where the six P's come in, the Seller Tucker six P's. So when I get a business ready for sale, I want to make sure they're running on all six cylinders. So that's when I start making sure that they can function on all six feet. Got it. Well, that certainly makes sense. So knowing really what your end game is, if it's $20 million, very well. Understanding who your buyer is going to be, one of those five different avatars, and then understanding what your buying criteria needs to be, um, having all those pieces, okay? Right. And then the, And then the six P's. Right. 
You want me to go into the six Bs? Sure. <laughs> yeah, and, and let me just say this. The reason why that GPS exit model is so important is because I'll have business owners that come to me and say, hey, Michelle, I want to sell my business. I always ask them, what do you want? Because I want to take their temperature. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to know if they're realistic or not. And they'll say, oh, I want $15 million for my company. Okay, how did you come up with that value? <laughs> And I always say, well, that's what I need to retire on. Or that's what air. I need to put five, pay for five girls' weddings or send six <clears> kids <throat> to college. And it's not about – but the problem is that's what they want is $15 million, but that's not what they've built is a $15 million company. Big difference. And a buyer is not going to pay about, you know, pay what your needs are. They don't care what you need to retire on. All they care about is the value to them. So as far as the six Ps go, before you do that, how 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 often do people say that to you? Like, hey, how much can I sell? Oh my my god, every time, (laughs) (laughs) every single time. I mean, I was working with a a manufacturing business, and they wanted ten million dollars for their business, and I said, "How did you come up with that number?" And I said, "Well, you know, we have about three million in debt." Um, We have about I don't know two or three million in assets. We have about a million. An inventory, and this is what we need to pay off our debt and retire on. Mm. But their EBITDA was a hundred thousand dollars, so nobody's gonna pay ten million dollars for a hundred thousand dollars in EBITDA. Right. So it's they're very unrealistic, and it's just uneducated. You know, business owners don't understand that. Hey, you have to build that value. <laughs> right. And so, being able to parse out, you know, obviously. So many of our decisions are are emotionally uh, just just by nature. What what does that process look like? When I imagine sometimes you just want to hit people in the face and say, "Nope, you're <laughs> you're you're wrong." And other times you're you're thinking this person's pretty nice. I don't want to hit him in the face, but I need to let him down a little easier. But it's always going to be just a, 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 a I imagine some kind of a an arc of, of of mourning almost of recognizing. Okay, I thought my business was worth ten million dollars. It's worth a million dollars. Now, how do I actually get to the point where I can think about this logically? Yeah, it, it is a big, rude awakening for many of these business <laughs> owners because, again, they just never given it any thought. Mm-hmm. And they wake up one day and say, I need to exit, but I can't exit without $10 million because that's what my lifestyle is going to cost me over the next 30 years. So I let them down very carefully. You know, I've, I've never hit anybody in the face yet. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure I say yet. But um, I educate them. I educate them on the process. I educate them on valuations. I educate them on what buyers look for, what buyers are willing to pay, and take them through the process. And a lot of times, you know, sometimes business owners will sell anyway, even though they can't get their price. And many times they won't because they can't afford to. And that's okay. I'm not your typical mergers and acquisitions uh, master and intermediary that's just going to take a listing. So if somebody says, I want $10 million, I'm not just going to put it on the market for $10 million. There are a lot of M&A advisors that will take that deal, put it on the market, and then expect their buyers to do the education and be the reality check for the seller. But I don't think that that's you know, the appropriate, appropriate professional way to do it. So I just educate my sellers on what buyers pay for. And once I take them through the educational process and let them know that, look, everybody thinks their baby is beautiful, right? Yeah. Everybody thinks their baby is the prettiest baby. And then, you know, I tell them sometimes the hardest part of my job is to let them down very carefully and tell them your baby is not as pretty as you think it is. (laughs) And this is how other people look at your baby. 
So it's just an educational process. I take them through the seller sanity check and through the buyer sanity check so they have a better idea. And, and then I ask them, look, would you pay $10 million for this business for $100,000 in EBITDA? And typically when I do that and I turn it around, put the, put the ball in their court, then that's when I become a little bit more real, realistic and understand. And they'll either say, yes, I got to sell or, you know, I, I just can't afford to sell for that. Yeah. And, and they recognize yeah. that they have a very congenial baby and very engaging, um, not necessarily a supermodel. <laughs> um, and so it, it, everything that we've been talking about, um, you talked about how it's important to, to, to do a checkup on, on an annual basis and just to be to be thinking about these things along the way so that you're not at the mercy of one of these events that you were talking about or just you know thinking all of a sudden okay well two years would be good if, if I could retire and sell my business within two years and that that you know it probably is long enough but it'd be way better if you started five years ten years and just really started thinking about these things in advance and it probably doesn't take that much brain power um, you know, it really does it it just takes some transformational thinking and some planning you know it's like we plan for everything in our life right you know it, it, you have children right mm-hmm and you and your wife probably plan where they're going to go to preschool, where they're going to go to elementary school, you know, junior high, high school, yes. college. A lot, of, <laughs> a lot of parents plan, you know, who they're going to marry and how many grandkids they're going to give us. But then we don't plan for our biggest asset, which is our business. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it certainly makes sense. It certainly does make sense. It, it, that's, that's, that's funny, right? Vacations, kids, yeah, education, everything except for... Probably one of the most important things. So I mean, we even you know plan for retirement. We have a, most of us have a financial advisor. We put so much away. We plan for retirement. And we plan for everything in life, but the sell of our business. Yeah. <laughs> so this has to be changed. I'm on a mission to try to change this. <laughs> I love it. Well, Michelle, Savage Nation is ready for your difference making tip. What do you have for them? So you want me to go over to six P's real quick? Yeah. Or yeah. I'll sure. Be, okay. So I'll do it quickly because I don't know how much time you have. But um, the first P is people. Number one is people. You don't build a business. You build people when people build a business. You have to have the right people in the right seat. Many businesses are not sellable because they don't have the right people and the business is dependent upon them. So let's say you have a dental practice and you aren't a dentist. If I sell your business and take you out of that practice, there is no business. So you got to make sure you have the right people and you have to ask the who question. Who in your business opens the door? Who handles customer service? Who handles legal issues, accounting issues, et cetera? And the key to that question, George, is you should never be next to the who. Makes sense. <laughs> the business has to run without you. Does that make sense? It does. And then the second P is product. You have to ask yourself, is your business on the way up or on the way out? Do you have an Amazon or do you have a Blockbuster? <laughs> if you have a Blockbuster, you really need to pivot and you need to ask yourself some transformational questions such as, what business am I in? What do we do really, really well? And what business should I be in? And just to illustrate that point, Amazon. Amazon started in what business? Books. Books. So Amazon asked themselves, what business are we in? We're in books. Then they asked themselves, what do we do really, really, really well? What do they do really, really, really well? Do you remember? Um, they, no, uh-uh. <laughs> Fulfill, fulfillment. Yeah. So they said, we do fulfillment really well. What business should we be in? And then they said, we need to be in a fulfillment business. Mm -hmm. Those three questions 
is what made Amazon go from a book seller to a multi-billion dollar corporation where mm -hmm. everybody in the world knows who Amazon is. So those are transformational questions. The third P is processes. Most business owners don't plan their processes. It's kind of like planning your exit. Most business owners don't think about processes until they have to. So processes should always be designed with the customer experience in mind. They should also be efficient, productive, and well-documented. You need a policy and procedure manual, SOP checklist. You may need to make sure your employees are trained on such. And then the fourth P is proprietary. Proprietary is the most valuable. It is the highest value driver. And proprietary, there's six different things in proprietary, but I'll tell you a few of them. Number one is how well-branded are you? The more well-branded you are, the more I can get you for your company, as long as your brand is still relevant in the mind of the consumers. So, for instance, Apple is the largest brand in the world. Mm -hmm. Apple is worth $389 billion. That's without assets, inventory, cash flow, anything else. So build your brand, build your exit. And then trademarks are very important. The mistake that business owners make, though, is they'll go to their state, and they'll get a trademark for their company name and, and their logo, their slogan, but they never get a federal trademark. And they, most of them don't even look to see if it's available. So here's what can happen. You'll be in business several years, and all of a sudden, you receive a cease and desist letter. And many business owners will spend thousands upon thousands of dollars to um, protect their company name, but they're going to lose because another person has a federal trademark. So you're going to end up having to change your company name. So make sure you go out there and spend this $1,500 to $2,000 and get a federal trademark. And then um, patents are really valuable. If you, have a, if you have a unique product, get a patent. I mean, we once sold a company for $18 million that had 18 patents, a million dollars a patent. Contracts are valuable, manufacturing, distribution, Vendor contracts, the most valuable of all, are, are um, client contracts. But make sure you have transferability language in your contract. If you don't, then you're not going to be able to um, sell it because 99% of all sales are asset sales. So your contracts have to transfer with the new entity. And then databases are huge. Facebook paid $19 billion for WhatsApp because, I mean, they were hemorrhaging money, but they had a billion users. And, what, and Facebook knew they could monetize that. Then the fifth P is patrons. Patrons, you want customer diversification, not customer concentration. Also, if you've been in business 20, 30, 40, 50 years, your clients might be aging out, so you wanna make sure you replace them. And then the last P, the most important P for all of us is profit. Right. <laughs> We're in business to make money. But profit is never, ever, ever the problem. It is always the symptom of not running on one of the other P's. If you don't have the right people in place, you're not gonna make money. If you're in a dying industry and you don't have the right product, you're gonna lose money. If your processes are not productive and efficient, you'll lose money. If you haven't protected IP, you could lose your business. So profit is never ever the problem. And then the last thing, um, those are the six P's. Let me know when I can tell them where they can get exit rich. Yeah, well, give me the one tip. Oh, the one tip? That was, those were six tips. <laughs> well, in that case, that is great stuff. That definitely gets it. Come on. Come on. I love it. Six tips for the price of one. Perfect. Yeah. Well, my tip is, you know, plan your exit. Just like we said, come up with your end game, know your current valuation, and build your business to run on all six cylinders, all six P's. Because here's what you will have if you do that. 
You will have a business that's profitable. You will have a business that's sustainable that can run without you. And you'll have a business that you can scale. And when you're ready, then you can sell it and you won't become a statistic. That's my tip. <laughs> I love it. Well, Michelle, thank you so much for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you and where can they get a copy of Exit Rich? So they can get So we're in pre-sale right now with Exit Rich. So they can go to ExitRichBook.com. I mean, you can go to Amazon and all the other bookstores, but go to ExitRichBook.com because we're selling it less expensive there for $24.79, which includes shipping. You will receive the immediately the immediate download today so you can read the book today. Plus, you'll get a lifetime membership into Exit Rich Book Club membership where there's video training of me t- doing deep dives in these different strategies and techniques that we've been talking about. Plus, really important, digital downloads. So if you've never seen an employee handbook or an organizational chart or a sample LOI, letter of intent, or a sample evaluation, or a sample purchase agreement, or a due diligence checklist, closing docs, they're all there. They're all there for your review and for you, and for you to download. And then you also get 30 days membership into Club CEOs for free, and that's where I do masterminds, Q&As, and really help business owners think about transformational questions versus transactional. And then when the book comes out in January, we'll ship it to your doorstep, and that's at exitrichbook.com. And then if they want to get in touch with me, they can text Michelle to 888-361-0066, and when they text Michelle, they will get my all my websites, all my social media, and anything else they need to contact me. Love it. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Michelle your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to ExitRichBook.com and take advantage of all the different resources that Michelle just talked about. Text Michelle to 888-361-0066 and get all the other contact information. Thanks again, Michelle. Thank you so much, George. It's been a pleasure. Likewise. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight. We are all in this together. Spending too much time on social? Is your daily screen time over two hours? Are you a little bit overweight? Not saving enough money? Any or all of these are familiar. Strive could be for you. The Strive two-week online boot camp will help you to detox your mind, body, and money, getting you on your way to a happier, healthier, wealthier, and more confident life. Go to strivedetox.com, S-T-R-I-V-E-D-E-T-O-X.com, and get your mind, body, and money right.